Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I'll Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Today's Monday Mini is brought to you by a listener. Um, yes. We, we actually read her email on um, our video game, Me Too in the Video Game Industry episode. Um, not just the video game, but we did it focused of particular chunk of it to right. me too in the video game industry. And she discussed how she started dating someone else for a long time, I might add, to avoid dating someone else. So the whole reason she was dating this guy was not to date another guy. Essentially to ward off the harassment she was getting from a married man who was her boss. And, and it made us think, we started thinking about how many times have we made up things and how many conversations have I had with people about, no, you may not get denied. And this whole like, no is a yes, it's bullshit. It's literally us saying, we are scared of the uh, fallout if we reject you. And I yes. think that was part of the thing. It's like, we need to talk about that. What are some of the things that we have done and we have yeah. seen done in order to let a guy down easily so we're not yelled at, harassed, stalked, or sometimes even murdered? Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where... We touched on it very briefly in that episode where, at least for me, I had a moment of, oh, wow, I can't believe how many things I do that indicate that I'm not entirely safe and we just sort of do them. And uh, there was actually, a, I think it got cut from Annie in the City, the movie that is semi about my life, um, where the director and I were having conversations and he was like, just what is something you would talk about with a friend uh, who is a woman that you just met that, you know, ladies would bond over. And I was like, well, you know, uh, all these tactics that we do when it comes to <laughs> rejecting dudes. And he was shocked. And he was like, what? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And we had a whole conversation about it. And a lot of them we're going to talk about in here. But he was very, very surprised. He's like, so probably all women would get this. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. 
too real. And we all just kind of stare at each other like giving each other nods. I mean, it goes as far as women pretending to be friends with strangers in order to get rid of someone who was stalking them, literally walking and stalking them. And I've seen yeah. many of those interactions because it it's, happens more often than you think. Oh, sure. Um, I would love from anybody in Australia to write in if this is actually true. Because I have a friend when I was in Australia and he told me there's this thing called the Aussie wink. And you can wink at somebody in a particular way and they're supposed to like come and pretend that they know you, like come over and talk to you and so you can get out of a situation. And it's frequently, or at least the way he explained it to me, it's frequently used by women to kind of signal this guy is bothering me. But he could have been pulling my leg. So I would love to know if that's actually true. I was going to say, if he knows about it, doesn't that they take away from it actually being able to work? I, I, that's what I asked him. I'm like, well, if everybody knows about this thing, then if I do it, wouldn't it? Wouldn't the person I'm trying to get away from know unless I try to do it? He doesn't see it. Well, I know there's been bars that do specific things, like has specific orders in. Uh, I think it's in a bathroom. I've seen that where they're like, order this if you are in trouble. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely, and I know there's like one place where they can. Like, what is it? Ask for Andre or something? Yeah, there's there's things in place. Um, One of the big ones that comes to me right off the top of my head is you say you have a boyfriend or a husband. You you have someone else. So a guy asks you out and you say, oh, I already have a boyfriend, which is sad because when you think about it, what you're really saying is almost like I belong to someone else. Right. The reason I think of it that way is because I've gotten, especially more lately, um, either the response from this guy being, he shouldn't have let you out alone, (laughs) or show me a picture, show me proof. And then I even had a picture. One time it wasn't a fake boy. It was a real boy. (laughs) I had a picture, showed the guy, and he was like, well, I'm better looking than him. Okay, I know, I know. Oh, that, that um, tells you so much about who that person is. Yeah, I've I actually had that too. And I would say this and I'd be like, I have a boyfriend. And they'd be like, oh, you won't let you, you won't, he won't let you have other friends? He won't let you talk to other guys? And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. And by the way, a majority of these situations, I think he was a maintenance man that worked at my apartment complex. So automatically, he has access to everything I have right. and he knows who I am. So me putting on this like line... Kind of terrifying. And my only thought is, I don't want to say I'm not interested in you because what if he does something? And I know there was a report at one point that a woman did get attacked because she rejected a man and he entered her apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that. It's like we make up these lies, not only because for me, it's not that I have ownership, but it's like I have protection. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very sad. Right. um, And I actually wore a wedding ring or an engagement ring when I would do my jobs because I would have to go into homes and do investigations and such. And I purposely would wear wedding rings and engagement rings just to try to see if that would wore them off. Now, of Mm. course, that didn't always work, but that was definitely a tactic that I would use as well. Yeah. And I know like I've never done that, but I have friends that did and I like briefly researched it. Ah, I can't remember the statistic, but it was so interesting. It was like married women are more attracted to men with wedding rings. Anyway, I don't remember. But there was a fascinating statistic, so go look it up if you're interested. 
I know there's that debate of if you're with someone, that means that you are actually past the media test <laughs> that you can commit and be with someone. Right. Now, that wouldn't be the case if they were having an affair, I guess. Um, but <laughs> right. that's kind of that whole conversation. It's kind of like when you see uh, women talking about men with children and if they're actually good fathers, how attractive right. they are. Sure. Kind of like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And sort of related, I guess, is... Uh, the um, I'm a lesbian when a guy asks you out, saying that you're a lesbian, which is problematic in a lot of ways. Um, Right. But the response, I really only tried this a couple of times when I was in college, and I guess I was bisexual, but that wouldn't have helped, Um, was prove it. (laughs) I would get prove it a lot. Kiss her. Like, they'd point at somebody, like, kiss her. Um, Or... The the best sleaziest. Well, you haven't met me yet. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I've definitely seen the. I can turn you. Yeah, very BS. offensive, gross response. Yeah, I know. I haven't. I've never used that tactic because I, I don't identify as a lesbian or bisexual. So I'm like, uh, but I've definitely done the. Uh, I'm with so and so, whether it's a friend of mine, and maybe I mean literally, I'm in the same space as you. Yeah. So leave me alone. Uh But yeah, no, that's awful. I've never, that would make me want to punch someone, just punch someone. Yeah, it's gross. And then, or at least in one instance, this person, this guy, followed me around the rest of the night. And like, you know, not talking to me, but kind of observing as though he was trying to like, either collect proof that I was not, I was lying or uh, he was very gross about it. He was like, ooh, I'd love to see two women kiss, you know. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely had moments when I would reject someone and because we were still in that same place, whether it's a bar, whether whatever, and he would be watching me, yeah, that I would be like, I I got, we got to go. I got to go. We got to go. But it it was just too much. Even though he may not have been following me, but he kept watching to see my interactions or to see where I was and then coming, popping up that I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, we got to go. Yeah. Well, then there's that whole thing of like when you reject somebody and it becomes like a negotiation where they're like, okay, well, I, you know what? We can just be friends. I can take you home. Um, And you're like, no, (laughs) that's okay. And then you become like a withholding bitch (laughs) because, oh, you're too good for me. You won't even, we can't even be friends. Right. Which has been said many a times. Mm-hmm. Many a times, mm-hmm. um, and oh, but yeah, it's definitely that same level when we see uh, as as our listener wrote to us about how she actually dated someone and it was a toxic relationship, but it was for her a better situation than being harassed by a married man uh, and her boss. And I was just like, that's where it comes to be so unfortunate that not that it's a waste, but you have to put yourself in one bad situation to get away from another. And it happens way more than we want to talk about. There was a whole episode, um, and it's not the same thing, but in 30 Rock, where a woman pretends to be really, really over-the-top silly and very, you know, girly, and then hooks up with, like, the least... um, the weakest one of the bunch because he squeals at the ends and get her or whatever. But like she says that she sleeps with them for protection. And yeah. I think that happens more often than we look at because it's if in a world that's cold, the only way you can be protected is if having a man on your arms to show that you are of worth. 
to be protected. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, I've definitely been asked out while I was with a boyfriend. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like, standing next to me, I think it was pretty clear we were together. Right. That's happened more than once, too. No. So when we were at a karaoke night, we were all together. It was kind of one of those weird moments. I I was with my partner. He was there. I literally was sitting in his lap because there was no other place for us to sit. And this Mm -hmm. dude kept hitting on me to the point that my partner looks at him, looks at me, looks at him. He goes, it kind of waves. Yeah. And the dude doesn't even know what's happening and continues to tell me how sexy I am because of this and this. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. But he continued. And this was like not too long ago. And then after we left, he was like, he just did not care I was there. And I was like, (laughs) yep. (laughs) But that's the other part. That's another thing that we've done. Like, that was an actual moment of like, no, really, this is, I have a partner. I'm not, this time I'm not making him up. He's not in Canada, I promise. But we use the group tactic. Like, I will not go out alone typically, not because I'm afraid to be alone, but because mm-hmm. of things like this. And if I'm going to a club, it's not going to be two or three of us. It's going to be five to 10 of us. Because if a small group, it's almost like we're prey, you know, they, yeah. that it's big pounds. And sometimes we felt like we had to have one guy. It might just be one guy, but that mm-hmm. makes such a big difference. And it's absurd that it does, but it's a defensive tactic that we think about before going out. And it's absurd that this has to be a measure today. And even more so today, because there's just such a almost like conspiracy theory that if if you're a girl like this, then you're a man hater. And therefore, you should be disciplined and conquered and told you are wrong. Right. Right. Or you're just being cruel. Right. Um, Snob. Yeah. My friends and I, when we would go out to uh, usually clubs more so than bars, we would have like a, a, the listener wrote in about this too, a different listener, um, kind of this 15 minute uh, where we would check in if you were like dancing with somebody or or if somebody was talking to you where we would just go over. And um, a lot of times, even if you were like, oh no, I'm good, we'd, we'd kind of pull you away like, I got to talk to you just right. to check away from that person, if they want to go back, they can. But um, just having those plans in place. No, yeah, we definitely, when we would go dancing, and it's been a long time since I've gone to a discotheque, yes, I did, um, <laughs> yes. a club or any of that, we would actually have plans. Because I don't know what it is about dance floors that if a girl is dancing, or however it may be, that it's an invite for a guy to grind up on you no matter oh, yeah. what. And that yeah. has happened to me way too many times where we will actually do a turn to get you out of a situation. So I will grab a girl's hands or they will grab mine. We turn them to put them into the middle of the group to get them away from the guys. Like that's where we had to go. And when we would go out with guys, I literally had my guy friends block, body block them, body check them to yeah. move them out the way. But that's the level of having to do so. I, I was at a, shoot, not even at clubs. I was at a, a show, an outdoor show. Mm. And they were, and I was sitting to my, next to my two massive six foot four, 300 pound guy friends. And he still came up on me to the point the dude, my friend had to come in between us and go, man, uh-uh. And push, yeah. pull me physically to him. Mm-hmm. But that's the level of where you go. Yeah. Um, I actually, you, you weren't here for this, Samantha. I think you had just left, but at the last Dragon Con, we were at some dance thing. 
And this guy just like would not leave me alone. And like I kept moving and he would follow. And uh, he was dressed as uh, Nandor from What We Do in the Shadows, which really bums me out because now every time I see that, I think of it. But um, like my friends, I had like a group of four or five friends and they were all dancing around me and he kept like pulling me out of the center. And um, I would, I, I was like, physically pushing him away, going back, and he would keep pulling. And finally, one of my friends, like, got into his face and was pointing at him and was like, you know what? You're being creepy. I don't know how you don't understand. You're not being, like, just went (laughs) off. And uh, my other friend was like, let's just go. (laughs) That's why I do love your friends. They, You have, like, a different level of handling. Like, one person will confront, one person will just take away, and one person will just, like, slither you into the darkness. I'm very glad. I'm very glad for them. That was, I'm so glad they were there. That's amazing. She, my friend who yelled at him, she described him as it looked like he was a hunter. Like he was just, he pinpointed you. He thought you had some weakness that he could exploit and he was coming for you. Um, And again, this is what we talk about when we talk about grooming. Uh, I know this is a little more serious note, but they do. They find the weakest, what they feel is the weakest or what could be exploited in order to use that as a higher ground or a way of taking uh, advantage of a situation. And that's that same freaking tactic that we see as adults and even strong women Mm -hmm. that is so disarming to me that I kind of just sit there like, what just just happened? Wait, should I feel guilty about this? Should I be the one that I, f- I should feel right. bad about this? Did I just hurt that guy's feelings? Oh, no, I hurt the guy's feelings? Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. That's another important part of it, too, um, is I talk about this all the time, but that that if the fear of rejecting someone outright, mm-hmm. that either the situation will escalate, um, but at, at the very least, probably being called a tease right. or... Um, being told like, well, you sort of owe me this or I'm entitled to this, probably not outright, but essentially that's what they're saying. And then feeling guilty about that. Like, oh, did I, was I sending signals? Right. What did I do to attract this attention? Um, with that guy at Dragon Con, I even specifically told that guy, I'm not interested in anything other than being here with my friends tonight. Right. And he just... So it makes me mad because sometimes I will outright reject someone and then I have to take other tactics and then they get really mad and say like, well, if you had just told me that's what I did <laughs> and you didn't listen to me. Right. So I had to come up with something else. Um, I remember one time, so there's this thing called the rejection hotline. I'm not sure if it's still a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, where it's a number that you give out and they call it and it's like, so sorry, but this person was not actually interested in you, mm-hmm. and, you know. And I, I I, used it for a brief period of time in college. I felt really bad about it, to be honest. But um, one guy freaking recognized the number. Oh, really? Yes, and that blew my mind. I was thinking, how many women have given you this number <laughs> that you recognize you it by me telling it to you? Well, and on top of that, yeah, I've had guys, when I give them the wrong number call it in front of me. And like, oh, bullshit. Oh, yeah. Ooh, bullshit. Yep. What do I mm-hmm. do now? What do I do now? <laughs> and I've been tricked into thinking that they're like, here, put your number in. I'm going to give you this. Or as, as if it was like as a advice or something. Or maybe we talked about a book or something. Right. And then he asked me out. And I'm like, what, what just happened? Yeah. I've also had guys hit on me from work. So I'm calling for something or I met them. And then I get, hey, I met you through this. I'm like, whoa, what? Yeah. And then we just saw the... Uh, 
Twitter post of the woman who was speeding and the cop who stalked her to yeah. ask her on a date. I think he got fired or at least yeah. disciplined. Who knows? He's probably somewhere else. But I mean, stuff like that is a continued tactic of like, wow, the audacity of doing this in this intimidation level is so absurd. And again, yeah. this is kind of, and we're, we've been long-winded. This is a whole level of conversation, even though we're trying to make it light of it, you know, or at least just making a reality of what has happened. The fact that it's put women and, and then uh, gender non-conforming people at risk because there's this whole conversation of who is owed what. And again, as we repeatedly say, it doesn't matter what signs or signals. It doesn't matter. I may have felt like I actually did like you. And then yeah. up until that point, this doesn't feel good anymore. No is no. Or if I'm giving you signals that I'm walking away or making excuses yeah. of not allowing this to happen, take that. Yeah, It's not a challenge. Stop mm -hmm. it. This whole 80s, 90s mentality of chasing women down and making her yours and conquering is bullshit. And I'm getting very angry about this, as we can tell, because it's too common and too much. And it puts so much emotional trauma on the people who it's occurring to that you have no idea the lasting impact it has. It forever not only just takes away from who they are as humans, takes away from their morality, it takes from their self-esteem, it takes from their whole perception of being okay and being in the right to be protected and having a self-worth to be able to know what they want. By yeah. the way, women f***ing know what they want. You don't have to change their mind. Yeah. And they can change their mind. And maybe if you decide to be a great person, and this goes for everyone and anyone. Right. That can happen and a relationship can grow. That's different. Friendships can grow to be something else. But if it doesn't, it is not your right to have something that they don't want you to have. Yeah. 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 Uh, the amount of guilt I've felt over the years for stuff like that, um, thinking that I did something wrong. But I do love that you brought up, I've, I, a lot of times I'd be like, oh, I sent these signals and I, I, I didn't mean to. And not, uh, but now I, I agree, like there are other signals I sent too. Right. <laughs> they were, I'm not into it. Um, and they just weren't picking up on those signals. Right. Yeah, if I even was sending signals to the otherwise. But... Right. Yeah. And just overall, believe women. If they say they're not interested, if they say they only want something for two seconds and they don't want it later, okay. End of story. Mm -hmm. Next. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I know, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir again. I know this, but man, you get me on this rant. Oh, Sometimes yeah, I can't no. slow down. It gets me worked up too. Um, and I, <laughs> I've only just begun to realize how much like, like we talked about in that love episode where I feel like People just see me as a sex object and how damaging right. that is and how I don't I can't trust anybody. That, that that's not all they want. Um, so stuff like this just reinforces that. Exactly. Um and I I did want to end on something that I, I call the Cold War. Mm. <laughs> and a lot of people misunderstand this, but base what this is, is this is a security measure I've had to put in place where I won't text. If I suspect there's any interest, I will never, ever, ever text you first. I will never like contact you first. Um, and if it's a straight guy and he's married, same rules apply. Just because I've gotten caught up in so many situations, I did not want to be caught up in. And I didn't realize what was happening. Right. So it's called the Cold War. It's like a stalemate. Oh, I'm with you. I was with you in that level of like, if you're married, I think you're safe as in we can have a friendship. 
And I oh, don't yeah. realize there's anything beyond that. Yeah, me but too. It's not and, true, and, and sometimes, sometimes there isn't, but it messes with the relationship for one reason or another. And right. that is a conversation that couple probably needs to have as to why that is. Right. But it's happened enough that I've had to put this rule in place. Yeah, uh, it's good rules. Unfortunately, that we have to, but yeah. Yeah, pretty much uh, for all of these, unfortunately, uh, that we have to. <laughs> um, so, we would love to hear from listeners if you have any tactics you used or anything that's worked particularly well. Um, I know some listeners have written in about ways that they feel like they've helped somebody realize what they're doing. So if you want to send us those, you can send them to our email at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff I'll Never Told You or on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. Thanks as always to our super producers, Andrew Howard and JJ Posway. Two good guys. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I'll Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions.